baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We have talked about loneliness uh, frequently on this show because loneliness is an epidemic. And Star Tribune has had a, a series on it recently. And I saw this this week that Minneapolis ranks second among America's mm. loneliest cities. But here's the thing that's based on the amount of people who live alone. And my question, first question for our next guest, who is Dr. David Nathan, psychologist with Alina Health. Uh, does someone who live alone, Dr. Nathan, automatically mean that they're lonely? Hi, Adam. Uh, it's great to be here. Hi, Hi Jordana. Um, so when psychologists are talking about loneliness, there's four main categories that they're looking at. Uh, they're looking at people who have few social connections, people who are living alone, people who don't have uh, folks that they have close friendships with, they don't have anyone they can really talk to about things that are important to them, and people who are spending more time alone when they would like to be spending time with others. So, so, spe- so living alone is one of those big four categories that we see as part of loneliness. Why is Minnesota number two, Doc? That seems terrible. <laughs> well, I think that I think there's a, a lot of things going on there. Um, I think that Minnesotans tend to, the folks in the Midwest, we tend to be quieter. I have a very good friend um, who is from Philadelphia, and he jokes about how when he was growing up, he and his friends would be really open and and um, talk about all kinds of things and say like, you know, what's wrong with that shirt? You look stupid and all kinds of stuff. He's <laughs> like, you Minnesotans are so reserved and so polite, and you and you never say anything. You never want to offend anyone. There's such a limited scope of the things you guys talk about. You're like, I'm surprised you guys don't all have you know aneurysms and 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 just die. Um, you know, he was joking. But I think when I've traveled around the United States, I've noticed that a lot of people do have a tendency to be more open and be more comfortable about talking about a whole range of things and, and don't necessarily feel like people need to be quiet or, or need to kind of keep their opinions to themselves and, and are a little bit more comfortable with that. And because that's the culture here, I think people are just more likely. Uh, there's probably a couple other things, too. There's, there's lots of factors to it. We're cold and we don't go outside as much when it's cold and we kind of tend to stay within our own homes. Yes. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big one. Um, but I think just kind of like this this kind of Scandinavian tendency we have here also contributes to that. But back to my original question, if somebody decides, you know what, I, I just want to live by myself, I want to live alone, but I still have a good group of friends, even maybe a significant other who doesn't live with me, but can someone live alone and still uh, not be lonely? Does it? Oh, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's not like one of these things is 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 it. Um, but we are concerned about loneliness because loneliness is is attached to a whole bunch of other risks that people can have, uh, and and so. Someone, if someone is, so some people just, you know, they, they, they're introverted. They like to spend a lot of time by themselves. That's fine. But when, but, but most, there's kind of a range. You know, most people like having a certain amount of interaction with other people. Um, so if somebody is living by themselves and if they don't have a lot of uh, good friendships and they wish they were spending more time with other people and they're not, and, and those other issues are going on, that's when we're concerned. Yeah, I, w- I would say it's not simply are you living alone. It's, it's are you happy with the amount of connection you're having with people. Um, and if you're not, that's where the rubber really hits the road. 
Yeah, I think there's definitely a difference, Adam, between yeah. being alone and loneliness. Yeah, you know, or being, I, or I being an introvert, right? Like, an, and if yeah, someone absolutely. who's an introvert is not necessarily mm-hmm. lonely, right? Uh, mm-hmm. No, definitely not. Some people need just—they just the way their brain works. They just need yes. more connections with other people, and need to spend more time with other people, and that's just fine. Other people they need less, and that's fine too. There's no right or wrong way to be. Uh, we are talking to Dr. David Nathan. He's an Alina Health psychologist. Uh, Dr. Nathan, explain to us now. We're seeing links between loneliness and our physical health. Why is being lonely so dangerous for our physical health? Sure. Well, in general, even people who don't like spending a lot of time with people, we still have a certain amount of need to interact with people. Um, For some people, it might not be very much, but everyone has a need to connect a little bit. And when people are not getting that need met, even if it's a little bit or or if it's a tremendous amount, um, we start having problems. Uh, Loneliness is is connected to heart disease. It's connected to increased risk for stroke, physical Hmm. injuries, substance abuse, dementia, depression, and even shortened lifespan. This to me... This to me sounds like it's a significant problem uh, with older people, right? I mean, that's who we're really concerned about at this point, aren't we? Well, it's interesting because we're seeing increased um, rates of loneliness, and that's kind of across all four dimensions of loneliness. We're seeing that, according to the CDC and a lot of other studies um, that come out every, every year, too. We're seeing that for every, for all adults, and, and probably oh. for, for people under 18, too. There's not as much research. Hmm. But in particular, we are seeing it. Uh, much higher among people who are 72 years and older. But we are also seeing that the highest group that we're seeing the increased rates of, of loneliness is not people who are only seven, 70 years, 72 years and older. It's people who are 18 to 22 years oh, old, too. Wow. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Because they're, is it social media? Is that to blame? Why? Well, I think it's a lot of things. I think a lot of people do spend time on screens. And when we mm-hmm. tend to when I spend time on screens, we tend to kind of be in our own worlds, kind of checking out the thing that we are really interested in, and we're not necessarily connecting with other people. So, you know, when you see these pictures of families at the table and everyone's on a screen, I think that's true. Um, I, I think also when people are in high school, um, socializing is kind of built in. You know, you see your people at lunch and your classes, you have your lockers next to them, and it's sometimes we don't necessarily build skills when our environment kind of gives us that that thing that we're looking for just by being in that environment. When we're yeah. at school, we kind of connect with our friends. We don't necessarily learn, like, oh, yeah, i got to set aside time to connect with people. i got to set aside time to, to, you know, grab dinner and go out and do things. Um, so that can, you know, in that that 18 to 22-year period, um, that can be something that people are kind of learning how to do that and, and, and figuring mm-hmm. out how to do that outside of school. That's such a great point. Here's a question yeah. for you. If, you. if you have someone in your life who you think may you might think okay i think that person is a little lonely how do i determine whether or not they are experiencing loneliness as opposed to someone who maybe is just an introvert that's the first question then second how do i help that person Sure. Well, I, I think that we can always reach out to someone and just kind of check in on them and say, hey, well, how are you doing? How are you, how are you feeling? Um, because, yeah, it, it's hard to say just because someone doesn't go out, that doesn't necessarily mean they're, they're, they're experiencing loneliness. That just might be what's right. comfortable for them. So I always say, you know, ask, uh, you know, talk to someone. Um, if they say they're having a hard time, if they're feeling kind of down, you know, we can always, we can always invite them to do stuff with us. Um, if they're asking for advice, I would always recommend that someone, um, you know, find some organizations. The Twin Cities are, is full of biking clubs and running clubs and chess clubs and all kinds of other activities. 
If they're religious, I would encourage them to get involved with their religious community. Um, there's all kinds of things that people can do. Sometimes people feel really concerned that they don't have the social skills. I work with a lot of young men who are really concerned about their social skills, and they, and they think that other people won't like them. These are things that can all be taught. Um, there's a really wonderful book called Good Inside by Dr. Becky Kennedy. Um, it's specifically for parenting, but she also talks about the skills in this book are all about relationships with everybody, not just with kids, um, and also your relationship with yourself and how you talk and treat yourself. I've In, in the last couple of weeks, um, I've talked to people who are reading this book, uh, who are patients of mine. I have a, a, a man who's engaged, and his wife is reading this book and has, has been encouraging him to read it so their relationship, they don't even have kids, mm. so their relationship mm-hmm. can be better. I've talked to men on the autism spectrum who are reading this book and like, wow, I've never really thought about using these techniques to talk to people and, and, um, and kind, of, kind of build myself up and things like that. So I think that is a really fantastic book. And also there's some really good uh, resources on the Internet. There's some crummy resources on the Internet, too, where people say, hey, we'll teach you how to, you know, feel confident. And, and if, there, if these are things like belittling other people, I would not say that that's a good resource, but there are some really good techniques. And I think people knowing that, Hey, if, if you don't feel com- confident in your social skills, this is something you can absolutely learn. This is something you can absolutely learn. We might not be the most charming person. We're not going to be, um, uh, Anna Kendrick or Dwayne Johnson. Um, but we can definitely learn. Well, we can learn those social skills well enough to be successful in everyday settings. We're talking to Dr. David, Nathan, uh, Lina health psychologist. You mentioned young men that you work with young men. I feel like we have a problem with our young men in this country that they are. They feel isolated and lonely, and that in turn leads to a lot of problems we see with young men. Am I wrong there, or is is that accurate? Yeah, I think think it's complicated, and I think a small group of people, a small group of young men are having a real hard time. I think there are, and there's also just kind of the process of growing up, and for a lot of guys, that's, you know, for a lot of people, that's difficult. Um, But I, I think there are some difficulties that guys are facing now that they haven't faced in the past. Can you like briefly share? Yeah. yeah, like like what what are young men experiencing? Oh man, how much time do we have? I think a lot mm-hmm. of guys really worry about what's the the right way to be, um, you know, both manly uh, in kind of traditional ways of being manly, um, but also be kind of thoughtful and try, like how do I how do I kind of cover the board? How do I how do I be tough? but not rude? How do I be sensitive, but um, uh, not in a way that people are going to criticize me or look down on me? And mm. it, it's, a, it's, it's tough to, to kind of hit all those bases. Like how do you become the modern day Adam Carter? I think that's what young men want to know. <laughs> right. Sensitive, right. strong yeah. and sensitive yeah. like me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this was a great conversation. Thank you, Dr. David Nathan uh, from Alina, psychologist. Uh, we should Keep talking about yes. this. Keep working yep. on this. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, there's there's shame involved in this, and there shouldn't be. And um, thank you for the tips and the expertise today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Adam, what did you think about what he said about our Norwegian culture making us not so much talkers or uh, there is something contributing to, to the there loneliness? Is, is there? It, that. Uh, and geographically, I think where we live too has something to do with it. About you know because people hibernate in the right. winter. But I think that is part. There is something to that psychology. Whether or not it is, is it Scandinavian nature? Maybe it is. But you know, somebody has a great. Uh, what do you call that when you um, Minnesota? May I never, never, ever speak offensively to anyone. I've never heard that before. That's so good. Hmm. Uh, acronym is that what we call that? 
acronym. <clears throat> an acronym. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, does that have something to do with? Probably does. I mean, look, and the weather for sure, because it's like when it's warmer up, just more people are outside and you have more interaction with people as opposed to the when it's cold out. So that might have something to do with it, but mm-hmm. it's interesting. I definitely think the part he's talking about were young men, and I think it has to do with, I do think young men have felt constrained by uh, kind of changing society. Like the, the the accusatoriness of toxic Correct. masculinity, yep. of of if they're allowed to what we would have called like make a pass or approach a girl without Absolutely. getting accused yep. of touching them inappropriately. Yep. I, I think there is a fine line mm-hmm. oh, for these sure. days yep. between those and no, I'm not. Know, what could yeah. be physical relationships. And I'm not yes. saying, no, yeah, all men should be able to be, you know, just grope, <laughs> grab women. No, that's not what I'm saying. Not. But. The kind of, you know, that pendulum swinging where, you know, we had the Me Too movement where it really has mm-hmm. changed, especially how we raise mm-hmm. our young men, you know, and mm-hmm. it's very good. And this, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that we'll keep talking about. Also, we don't want our men to be peeping Toms. And I bring that up because I had a situation this oh, morning that actually has now escalated and I have an update on it. Am I a peeping Tom? I think I have to defend myself in my neighborhood that I'm not, and I'll explain why next. So the cops might be waiting for me when I get home today. Oh, boy. Because I might have been accused as being a peeping Tom in my neighborhood. Oh, boy. Here's why. Do we have to get Jen on the phone? What did you do? No, Jen has nothing to do with this. So this morning, I take the dogs out. Usually, I'm the the first one up in the morning, and I I feed the dogs, and I let them out in the backyard. So I let them out in the backyard this morning, and behind our house uh, is a retaining pond that, by the way, this weird winter has frozen and thawed about three or four times this winter. Right. So now it's thawed. And we even the other day we had a goose there, just one goose just on that pond, and I was like, now I respect that goose, man. That goose probably said, you know what? I'm not flying south with the rest of everybody else. I got a feeling that this is going to be a mild winter. And damn it, that goose stayed. So bravo. That's a lazy so, goose. <laughs> lazy, or a, but no, yeah. it's a, a independent goose. A lonely Dinner. goose. It Maybe it's a lonely goose. Like So anyway, no, I'm out this morning and I look and I see something swimming in the pond. It's not a goose or not a duck. And I see, and in my mind I'm thinking, oh, maybe that's a muskrat or something. It's probably not a beaver. I don't think we have any beaver back there. But And then I saw two of them. So I didn't think anything of them. The dogs mm. came back in. Then when I came back down to get my coffee later, I saw them. Uh, out in the pond again. So I took my binoculars and I walked out onto my deck and I got my binoculars up to seeing if I could see what was swimming in the pond. Now, behind... Currently Googling muskrat because I wouldn't even know what that looked like. Yeah, so behind... But the retaining pond separates kind of one cul-de-sac from the other cul-de-sac. So there are Mm -hmm. houses on the other side of the retaining pond and these are the back side of the houses where they have all the windows. So now I'm thinking... There's probably somebody over in one of those houses who sees me on my deck with my binoculars thinking, I think that guy's looking in her house. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think, you know, I thought briefly, and then I thought, yeah, you know, I probably shouldn't be out there. Well, get and this. You- oh, I God. get to work today, and I told you guys about it, but I got onto the neighborhood Facebook page to the person who was outside with your binoculars, stop, there is... Uh, we have a peeping it. Tom in the neighborhood. So now I've no. been called out on the neighborhood Facebook page as a peeping Tom. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yes. How embarrassing. 
Well, how embarrassing. I mean, can I defend myself? No, I'm wondering, do I comment on that neighbor? First of all, neighborhood Facebook groups are horrible. Uh, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. They're awful. But do I comment now? Do I say, hey, that was me. I was looking at muskrats or something in the pond. Because that, I don't know if that's going to legitimately buy my um, freedom, buy my you know acquittal. That sounds weirder. I was looking right, at Right, I was looking at muskrats. No one's going to believe that. Right, so what yeah. do I do? What do I do? Dear Jordana, what do I do to defend my honor and my name? Because that's right. Nobody would come to my house anymore and knock on the door and say, hey, I saw you with binoculars. I'm a little concerned about what you're looking at. No, we just post on Facebook, you know, anonymously saying, oh, right. there's a guy right. uh, looking through his binoculars on the, on the deck of his house. What do I do? You have to move. You need to call John Schuster. Tell Jen to start packing up the stuff because you're that weird guy now with the binoculars looking at someone's teenage girl who lives across the cul-de-sac who you don't even know. And and she you don't even know they have a teenage girl. Her blinds were closed. Right. But you're that guy. You're that guy. You're, I mean, honestly, you're going to have to sign up for a registry of some kind oh, now. Like a, a I'm a level three registry. Registry. Yeah. Pe- <laughs> By the way, why do we call them? Pe- did you, uh, Dave, have you found out why we call them Peeping Tom? I did. I asked that question during the break. I found out that uh, the legend is that when Lady Godiva rode her horse naked uh, through yes, the streets right. of Coventry to Long protest hair. taxes, uh, there was one person who looked at her. You, I, I guess she was in the protest, but you weren't supposed to watch, and she was going to ride her horse naked, and mm. the one person who looked was named Tom. Oh. So for the last, and that was a thousand years ago. So Why don't we have protests like that anymore, well, by the way? Yeah, I want to see her. I would have totally looked. Instead, we block. have been fr- peeping Jordana. We block freeways now. Let's have some naked people riding horses. Right. That'll get your message across. Adam, be honest yeah. and apologize. Should I hang a big sign off my don't deck? I, but you didn't do... I do not I know, apologize. apologize for what? You didn't do anything for being a na- wrong. For being a, na- a naturalist? I love nature. Oh I'm God. out there looking in nature. I think You're you... are allowed to be outside. Maybe you were looking at birds. I mean, everybody needs to chill out. Yeah. I think there's a long play here if you really want to. A long you, play. You now need to spend time every day or two in your backyard. With my binoculars? No, without the oh. binoculars, but like... Clearly and avidly doing nature things in your okay. backyard, right? Yeah. So, like building a birdhouse, building a bee colony, in you know inspecting the shoreline you know and things like that, Mister Pollinator. Because then everyone, oh, it was just Adam. Oh, he's yeah, really he's... falling in love with nature. I think that's your way out. It'll take you like two, three months to build that uh, cred, though. Yeah. You have to have a save the muskrat sign. Yes. <laughs> you know, muskrats lives and matter. And then do a funder. Go like around that. selling cookies to save the muskrats. There you go. Sell, no, if I'm an old man selling cookies in the neighborhood, yeah. Double down on the creepiness. Should I just drive around in a van to say, hey, who's I got some free candy here. Uh, no. That's the thing, too. Everybody open your blinds. Everybody make sure your blinds are open so you can see the muskrats. I, Get out there with your binoculars. And here's the thing. Like, I am on the older end of the people in our neighborhood are more younger families with younger kids. So it's like I I probably fit the profile. So this is great. Yeah, I think you're right. I might have to move. I might have to move. Favorite text of the day. Admit it, Adam. You were looking for beaver. It's <laughs> <laughs> going on my list. Hold on, I gotta find my Google Doc where best texts of the day exist. Adam Carter, noted peeping Tom. Yes, I love it so much. All right, let's take a break. We are. This is this is too much. Uh, Who's still going to Best Buy?
Is it you? Nope. Call me next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Who's still going to Best Buy? Muskrat, can't oh. do muskrat love. Oh, there were two muskrat in the pond. There might have been a little muskrat love happening in the pond behind my house this morning. Why is this song called Muskrat Love? Why is it not? That's my question. Well, I don't, I is this Captain and Tennille? Is that who this is? What is happening? Why is that a song? It was the 70s, Jordan. Oh, how many drugs? Well, we're worried about Ozempic. What was happening then when they were writing the song? Muskrat love. Muskrat Susie. Muskrat Sam. Do the jitterbug out the muskrat land. Yeah, there's a lot of drugs involved. Muzzle to muzzle now, anything goes. As they wiggle, Sue starts to giggle. How is that a song? Oh. What's wrong with us as a species? Honestly, we've Nibbling on bacon, chewing on cheese, Sam says to Susie, Honey, would you like to please be my missus? And honestly, to our discredit... As a species, we are still quoting this song and still playing this song. It hasn't, like, gone by the wayside of just some silly, drug-riddled, you know, (laughs) ridiculousness back whenever it came out in the 60s or 70s. 1976. Wow. Wow. All right. Moving on from Muskrat Love. Who still goes to Best Buy? When was the last time you were in a Best Buy? Oh, boy. Uh, Probably two years, maybe. Yeah, not me. I don't go to Best Buy anymore. And I'm wondering if you do or how they stay in business. Because, I, look, I, I hope Best Buy does well. There's a lot of people that are employed by Best Buy. I want them to do well. But I was reading today that they're going to have some more layoffs. They surpassed Wall Street's revenue and earnings expectations during the holiday, which was great. But they are also going to be facing. Some more layoffs. And I thought, wow, okay, they, they plan to close 10 to 15 stores this year. Um, and they, they, they shuttered 24 stores last year. And I thought, how are they staying in business? So I am curious because David said to me, well, where else would you go and buy a TV? And then I felt guilty about not even considering Best Buy. But we did need a TV. Our ones in the, in the bedroom broke and um, it's ancient you know, so I sent Mark and Maddox to Costco. And well, okay, I and I didn't say where home. else would you go to buy a TV necessarily. Oh. Where else would you go to learn about TVs and to compare your options? Because sure, you can go to Costco or Walmart or anywhere and buy a TV yeah. or get it online. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know what kind of TV you want and you want to look at it and see it and try it out before you buy it and talk to somebody about it, that's the 
reason. I don't go often, but I think that's the reason I would go to a Best Buy because I still think there's somebody there that knows something about these TVs and can tell me what the features mean and which one I want. And I think you are in a very, very small minority of people who do that still. I just think that most people now assume that the TVs they can buy at Target or Costco, which last TV we bought was at Costco, are quality enough that they don't really need to know much beyond, okay, this is the price, this is what I want. But, I mean, there are still people who say, okay, I want the absolute best television, I want the Mm -hmm. absolute best sound system to accompany that, but I think that's where Best Buy's wheelhouse was when you still needed people to do that for you. And now it's like you got a TV and you got a sound bar. What else do you need? So I'm curious to know, are you going to, who's still going to Best Buy and what for? Because maybe I'm missing the boat. Maybe they're going to tell me, Jor, look, something's going on at Best Buy. You got to get into the store. It's really cool. I am curious. And God bless them that they are still around. I think it's terrific. Because, you know, when Amazon first started, they said, okay, yeah, you go into Best Buy to test the equipment and then you just buy it on Amazon, which I thought was a terrible business model for Best Buy as they didn't want it to be that way. But then I thought, oh, of course they're having layoffs because how are they surviving? So I hope they do. This is not a a condemnation, but who's going to Best Buy? 651-461-461. 9226 651-461-9226. Roberts in Maplewood, are you are you going to Best Buy, sir? Yeah, hey, Jordana. Yeah, I actually heard your conversation a minute ago. And, you know, it, it's funny that um, the first place I thought of if I had to go buy a TV also was Costco. And I, I think, I feel like Best Buy is maybe just for the people who, like, like David, want to, price compare and they want to compare different mm-hmm. qualities of TVs but mm-hmm. for me it's just like I don't really put too much thought into it I just think okay I'm probably going to go to Costco because they're probably going to give me a deal and I can't mm-hmm. think of the last time I went to Best Buy that's what I was trying so, to think too well, yeah when was the last time I was in a Best Buy because when my when my son and thank you for the call Robert thank you yeah like when my son had to get his computer fixed or had a question about his computer. He went to Micro Center because you can get help there. Maybe you can at Best Buy also. So well, they still have the Geek Squad too, right? I think the Geek Squad yeah. probably. Oh yes. Again, that's. Yes. But yes. again, Mark you don't really that. need a physical building for that. It's like they usually no. come to you and like okay. They do. And, and that's a great service, by the way. And it's still that's, that's still service, well yes. used, I believe. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. that doesn't really yeah. parlay into having big box Best Buy stores. Remember when, the, I mean, you used to go to Best Buy to get your CDs. Remember they browsed the CD section? Yes. No, I, but that's the thing. I remember going to Best Buy often. Right. All sorts of electronics, yeah. cameras. I mean, I remember shopping at Best Buy. But now that I'm thinking about it, and this is that spurred it on where they said they're going to have some more layoffs. I'm like, well, of course they are because, you know, it's shocking to me that they can still exist as a in a retail space. But they do, and I hope they continue to. But what are people going to Best Buy for because I just recently bought a TV. We don't buy a lot of electronics, but we, we had to get another TV and that happened at Costco. And then like if Maddox, he's good with electronics, but if he needs a part or a piece to fix a computer or a piece in my car, he knows what he needs and he'll order it on Amazon. Mary is in, that's a cop out. But. Mary is in St. Cloud and Mary, do you go to Best Buy still? I do. Um, 
I'm going to I'm going to pull off on the road a little bit so I can talk Good. to you. Um, Be yes. safe. Thank I, you. I, I actually I was I remodeled my kitchen and I actually found the best deal and I shopped everywhere. I found the best deal for major appliances. Plus, oh. um, plus, if you belong to the Geek Squad, now I think they call it something tech. It's it's about $99 a month, but they will pick up the old appliances. They'll install the new ones. They'll, um, if you have any other, like if you get your computer there or something, they've helped me answer questions about, a, you know, a sick monitor. And that's, that's all just, I think it's worth it for me for the $99 a year because oh. I couldn't answer, I couldn't solve it myself. And then the other, like I bought a Ninja air fryer for my son. That also is covered if something goes wrong. They'll fix it because it's, I'm part of the, the geek squad or whatever it's called. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly went there for appliances and, um, cause I shopped everywhere and it was by far the best, the best appliances and the best deal. Good to know. Good point, Mary. Okay. Thank you for the call. That's a great tip. A great great tip. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Okay. Excellent. So who's going? I mean, Mary is appliances. Well, gosh, but a lot of okay, places, though. I mean, you, a lot of places give you the option of like you can, you know, pay the extra ten or twenty bucks now, or get the yeah. you know, year or two years of warranty on it. Yeah, people are. Well, a couple of our texters are agreeing with Mary. Yes, did my last two TVs and a dishwasher and a refrigerator in the past two years. Uh, there, Best Buy is great for appliances. Mm-hmm. That's what people are are saying. I go to Best Buy to keep it local and support local businesses. I, I agreed, and I absolutely should probably be thinking about that more. Someone Crazy. says they just got a nice pair of binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> seeing the mic, seeing the muskrats up close, it's beautiful. All right, uh, it is eleven forty-seven. We'll leave it at that because we've got the Friday rewind. Lots of good conversations uh, before today, by the way, uh, this week. So we'll revisit uh, some of those with the Friday Rewind coming up next. Our own Jordana Green is in uh, Washington, D.C. Here she is. Yes. In fact, I am demanding. I'm holding a flagpole. I'm running around. People are chasing me. No, we just got out of the Dirksen building where Senator Klobuchar and Senator Smith have their offices. And we met with both of their staff this morning. And what we're doing is asking for an increase in funding to get more people on the registry to give life-saving stem cell and bone marrow transplants. Another string of armed robberies. And joining us now on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline to talk about this is uh, Police Chief Brian O'Hara. We have been doing a whole lot of work since we had this uh, robbery spree first start about two weeks ago on the weekend. And we believe that there is more than one group uh, of juveniles involved. And our investigators have really just been doing an amazing job around the clock working to identify uh, as many of these juveniles as they can that are involved. Uh, Last night we made three arrests. That is the result of uh, some really outstanding police work. Uh, it's an incredibly challenging task to deal with groups of juveniles who are going around committing robberies. Uh, you know, yesterday morning, four in less than 20 minutes. It's very, very challenging, but uh, we saw the results of really dedicated, great police work last night. And yes, two out of three suspects that we arrested, uh, the investigators had already identified. I don't know what Nikki Haley is doing, but I'm here for it. As predicted, as expected this weekend, Nikki Haley 
She got crushed by Donald Trump in the South Carolina primary. But she got 40%. Is that a victory? Again, I don't know what she's doing. There's no path for her to win the nomination. And the numbers are there. If you've seen the polling, Nikki Haley fairly easily beats Joe Biden. What is her game? Are you like me? I'm here for it. We should have more options. Burnsville police officer Peter Mueller uh, eulogizing uh, Officer Matthew Ruge. He was extraordinarily heroic that morning. He negotiated for several hours, which bought us time. And in law enforcement, we know that time is our friend. And the time that he delivered brought countless resources to the scene, which protected many of us. Furthermore, when the unthinkable happened, Matt brought his partner Paul to safety although he was hurt himself. And Rugi repeatedly risked his life to save our friend. And in doing so, Matt made the ultimate sacrifice. And it is unacceptable that Matt did not go home that morning. The loss that his family and friends feel is unbearable. And at the same time, it is also true that Rugi left us with remarkable gifts. For example, I noticed that I'm saying I love you a lot this last week and a half, and I'm hearing I love you a lot too, and we're greeting each other with hugs, and I've noticed the outpouring of support for police officers and first responders and our families in a way that I've never seen before. set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.